precious Jesus. So thankful for his presence. Amen. So thankful for his spirit today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you, God, for all that you are, God. Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you do, God. Lord, we thank you, God, because you are still God. You are still on the throne, God. You are still risen today, dear God, and we're so thankful for that, God. We're so thankful that you're still in control today, dear God. We're so thankful, God, that you're not lost. You haven't lost your way today, dear God, but you're still on your rightful place, sitting at the right hand of the Father today, Jesus. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing today, dear God. Lord, I thank you for each heart that's all across Facebook today, dear God. Lord, I ask you to bless them today, dear God. Lord, I ask you to, Lord, let something be said today, dear God, that will encourage them. Lord, that will uplift them today, dear God, Lord, and have them to look towards you, God, the author and the finisher of our faith, God. Lord, we're so thankful for all you're doing today, dear God. We praise you, God. We lift your name up, God, because you are worthy of all, God. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. Amen and amen. Amen. Give this worship band a hand clap of praise, please. But uh, I'm so thankful for this worship band. They come up here and uh, they uh, practice and they put so much effort, so much time into this. And we're just so thankful to have them. They're just such a blessing to us. Also thankful for uh, Kevin back there. You can't see Kevin. Uh, he's the man behind the scene, but uh, he's the one making Facebook look so good. We're, yeah, amen. That's right. We're, uh, we're almost looking professional here. So uh, we're just... Uh, so thankful for Kevin and all he's doing. And I want to welcome our G3 family tonight. Amen. I want to welcome you guys and just uh, thank you for joining us online. I wish uh, we could be here physically, but we can't be here physically, but we can still be here together virtually. Amen. Now, I don't always succeed at seeing the positive side. I'm not one of those silver lining type guys. I'm not a positive side type guys always, but... Uh, I'm working on that. Y'all pray for me. Amen. But we, you have a unique opportunity today to uh, share the gospel. Amen. Mark talked about it a little bit a while ago. But you have a unique opportunity to share the gospel with very little effort. Amen. The Bible says that we're always called to go out into the highways and hedges and compel people to come. But you have an opportunity to do that very easily just by hitting the share button. Amen. All you have to do is reach out and hit that share button. And all your friends on Facebook will be able to see you. Amen. We'll be able to see uh, this uh, message. And uh, you can even host a watch party if you want. And if you host a watch party on Facebook, it'll invite all your friends to come. And they can watch you. And you guys can chat and interact. You guys can critique me if you want to. That's fine. I don't mind. You guys can uh, sit there and talk about me. That's okay. Amen. Uh, it's still going to be the truth. Though. But, <laughs> but uh, we're just uh, so thankful you're here. And, uh we really miss you guys, and we love you. And uh, if you aren't physically a part of this church, we welcome you. We thank you for joining us, and we hope something is said today that will be a blessing unto you today. Now, I really wanted to preach about something different today. I wanted to preach about something completely unrelated to this virus. This virus has, control, I guess, uh, constantly controlled us over the last few weeks. And I wanted to take, you know, two or three hours, however long I preach today. I wanted to take that, and I wanted to... Uh, kind of take us away from it, right? But uh, I would love to take us to a place where this virus is, isn't even thought about, but that's not where God led me. 
So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to honor where God led me today. So I pray that through this message, you can find some encouragement that will help you deal better with this situation. Amen. We all need a little bit of encouragement today, right? This situation has really kind of taken a toll on a lot of us mentally. And uh, there are many uh, people out there panicking today. There's many people that are afraid, a lot of fear out there. And uh, there's a lot of people anxious. There's a lot of people that didn't have any problems with anxiety before that's got problems with anxiety now, right? There's people uh, going to uh, Facebook to ask questions from other people that don't know what they're talking about, but they go there and they'll tell you an answer anyway, right? So uh, there's a lot going on today, right? Everything's closed, travel's banned, schools and businesses across the world are closed, which is uh, really kind of scary when you think about it. Many small businesses are hurting financially. People are hurting financially. There's people panic buying, hoarding as much stuff as they can buy, right? Making it hard to find anything. But I was wondering today, over the last few days, I was wondering what makes this virus so scary? Why is this virus so scary to us? Why is it making us freak out so much, right? Why are we so afraid of this virus? And I was thinking probably the biggest reason that we're afraid of this virus is because we can't see it. We can't see the enemy, amen? If we could see the enemy, it'd be a whole lot better off on us, right? But germs and bacteria are microscopic, right? So you never see them coming. I was thinking that if you had this virus or if this virus was on a surface, if it was like glowing orange, right? That would be good, right? Because we would stay away from it, right? Because none of us like orange stuff, right? So we don't like to go around orange stuff, right? That's just a joke. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, if, we, if we knew it was there, we wouldn't touch it, right? So it wouldn't be as scary, right? But we can't see the infected, right? We can't see the germs, amen? So it escalates our fears. It has us nervous to even be near people. If you know me, you know I'm a hugger. I love to be near people. I love to shake hands. I love to talk to people, but it has me nervous to be around people, right? has me nervous to get the little gas thing at the, uh, the gas pump, right? has me nervous to pick that thing up. I have to wipe my hands after I get done, right? has me nervous to go to the grocery store. But you know, in fact, the virus and these germs aren't the only thing we can't see. Amen? This virus and these germs aren't the only thing that we can't see. In fact, the Bible tells us of an unseen world that goes around each and every one of us every day. There's an unseen world that we can't see each and every day. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, While I look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are seen. Amen? Which are seen. And that's kind of a strange statement. That's only the first part of that verse, and it's a strange statement. How do you look at things that are not seen? How do you look at things that are not seen? I want you to think about that while we're speaking today, and I hope you'll uh, get something from that verse throughout this message today. But we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 6 in a very... Uh, a very uh, well-known uh, passage of Scripture there, one that's been preached many times, one that we've heard many times. And I'm going to read a lot of Scripture right off this, and I'm not going to apologize to it because we need the Word. Amen. We need the Word of God. So I'm going to read a lot of Scripture. I'm going to read uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 23 here. <clears throat> and it says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my count. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. Then the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. 
Therefore the heart of God, the heart of the king of Syria, was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you show me, will you not show me, which of, the, which is, which of us is the king of Israel? It's for the king of Israel. Basically, he was saying, which one of us is telling, right? There's one amongst us that's a snitch, if you will, that's telling the king of Israel what's going on here. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Basically, he's saying, there's this guy over in Israel. His name is Elisha, and he's a prophet, and he knows what you're saying, and he's going back and telling the king of Israel. Verse 13 says, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send him and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night, and he compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with chariots and horses. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? So his servant goes to the window, whatever it is, and lifts back the curtain, if you will, and he looks out and he sees this army facing him. It's got him surrounded, if you will. And he goes back and he says, What shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they be that with us are more than they that be against us. Right? Or they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And that's one of the most important verses that we're going to read here tonight for this message okay and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray thee open his eyes that he may see and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha and when they came down to him Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said smite these people I pray I pray thee with blindness and he smote them with blindness <clears throat> according to the word of Elisha and Elisha said unto them this is not the way Neither is this the city, follow me, and I will bring you to a man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink, and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. This is a story, as I said, that's been preached many times. But in case you aren't familiar with it, we're going to go over it just quickly, okay? Right, the king of Israel is at war as it is always. If you go back and read the Old Testament, the, king, the Israel, the Israel uh, kingdom is always at war. This time they're at war with the kingdom of Syria. But the king of Israel seems to be able to predict the enemy's movement. If you, if you, uh, if you paid attention to that, the king of Israel is predicting everything that the uh, Syrian kingdom is doing. So everywhere the Syrian army goes, Israel is always one step ahead. So much so that the king of Syria thinks that there's probably a spy in the camp. But there isn't a spy, right? Right. God is speaking to the prophet Elijah and giving him inside information, divine knowledge, divine vision. And Elisha is passing that knowledge on to the king of Israel. When the king of Syria realizes what's happening, he sends his army to find Elisha and capture him. 
So one morning, Elisha's servant pulls back the curtains and he discovers, as I said, that the house is completely surrounded by the enemy, by the Syrian army, right? Just as many of us would have done in this situation, he begins to panic. That's always my first action. Whenever something happens, I panic first, right? And then I start thinking, of what should I do, okay? So that's what he does. He panics. He says, oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? Right now, if this was me, I would have been looking for an escape plan, amen? Right? We're surrounded. Let me find a way out of this place. Or either I would have waved my little white flag and surrendered, hoping that they would have uh, spared my life. But that's why the Bible has people like Elisha in it, not people like Keith, amen? Right? Uh, here Elisha calmly replies to his servant, listen, there's a lot more on our side than on the enemy's side. But of course his servant can't see this. His servant can't see what's going on out here, right? All he sees is the enemy. All he sees is the enemy out there. He doesn't see what's on his side, amen? He's looking out the window and he sees the enemy out there, so he becomes confused here. So Elisha prayed that his servant's eyes may be open, his spiritual eyes, if you will, may be open. So Elisha prays, Lord, opens his eyes so that he may see. And I tell you, I pray this quite often over the last few weeks. Amen. I pray quite often that I can see, amen, what God's doing. I pray quite often that you can see, our church can see what God's doing in this situation, right, in these circumstances. I pray that the churches, all churches across the nation can see that God is still working in this situation. If you remember, only three months ago, this church and all churches had a different word. On their lips, amen. Just three short months ago, and it seems like three long months, amen. It seems like a, a decades ago, right, that year 2020 was coming in, and we had a different word. We didn't even know the word coronavirus existed, right? We didn't even know that that was a word. And we were talking about a different word. We were talking about vision, amen. And we were talking about focus, right? This was our year of vision. All churches across the world had the year of vision or the year of focus, okay, how quickly our vision became impaired. Amen. Amen. How quickly our focus has shifted from God to our circumstances and our troubles. Amen. Amen. So today our prayer should be just as Elijah, God, open our eyes so that we may see. Amen. Amen. God, I know you're here. I know you're still working. Let me see you, God. Let me see you, God. See, God answers Elisha's prayer, and Elisha's servants looks out the window to see an army of angels. Amen. The entire hillside was covered with horses and chariots. Of fire. Then a Syrian army advanced toward them. Elisha again prayed, Lord, strike them with blindness. Right? He told his servant he wants them to see. He doesn't want them to see. Amen. And again, God answered Elisha's prayers and stuck the army blind. So Elisha then walks out to the Syrian army. Notice that he waited on them to be struck blind. Amen. He waited on them to be struck blind. He's confident in God, but he ain't stupid. Amen. Right? There's a lot of people out there talking about should the, earth, should the churches be closed right now. A lot of church people out there talking about where is the faith, right? Several churches in the news have stayed, stayed open, right? We've read of some out there that's had uh, some disastrous results from those decisions. I've read over and over people saying, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. You've probably heard that many times, right? And they're right because it's biblical. But that's only part of that scripture, amen? That's only part of that scripture. The scripture is found in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Sound mind. In other words, common sense. Amen. In other words, common sense. Another scripture says, Don't tempt the Lord thy God. 
Another verse says, obey those that have rule over you. So the right reason and the right decision is that the church should be closed. Amen? It should be closed for the protection of the church body. We are called to walk in faith. We're not called to walk in stupidity. Amen? Elisha was a faithful man, right? But he didn't walk out in front of the army until God had blinded that army. Amen? He didn't walk out there and face this army. He didn't go outside of his house until they were blinded. Amen? Right? And while he walks out in front of the army, he convinces them that they're in the wrong place. Right? He said, hey, you're at the wrong place. And then he offers to lead them to the man they're actually looking for. And they didn't have much choice. They were blinded, right? The soldiers followed Elisha all the way to a neighboring city of Samaria. He leads them right into the heart of the city. Then he prays, oh, God, open their eyes. Amen, God, open their eyes. When they open their eyes, they quickly find out they've been deceived. The army that had once surrounded Elisha was now surrounded themselves by the Samarian army. The king of Samaria asked Elisha, do you want me to kill him? <laughs> he said, do you want me to smite him? Elisha's response was, of course not. We don't kill prisoners of war. He said, let's give them food and drink and then send them home to their king. The Bible says a great provision was given, a great feast, if you will, was given to this enemy army, and they were sent home, and the Bible says they never came against Israel again. It's quite a story. Amen. That's an awesome story. The theme I find in this passage that keeps coming back to me is the ability to see. The ability to see. Elisha prayed for his servant to be able to see. He then prayed for the enemy army to be blinded. And finally, he prayed that they may be able to see again. And that leads me to a question today. Are we focusing on things that are seen or things that are unseen? Where is our focus today? At the beginning of this year, we declared that this year was a year of vision, a year of focus. And rightfully so, but today we may need to readjust our focus. Amen. We may need to clear our vision today. We see that some things in our lives and in in certain circumstances and situations that may remain unseen, but yet they still remain very present. See, there's three things that are always present, even though in some situations and circumstances we can't see them. There's some things that are always present. There's some things that are always there, but sometimes we can't see them. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to learn about three things that's in this passage, that's in this scripture that were unseen but yet they were very present, just as they are today. We may not be able to see them, but they're still present. And that's why we should look at the unseen. The first thing is God's presence. Amen? Amen. God's presence was there. God's presence is here. God has not left. As I said, God is not on vacation. Amen? When Elisha's servant looked outside, all he saw was enemy soldiers surrounding them on on all sides and closing in. Immediately he began to panic and he began to be afraid. But when Elisha prayed that God would open his eyes, he suddenly realized that the God of angel armies, amen, the God of angel armies was on their side. God, the almighty creator of not only the heaven and the earth, but he was with him, amen, he was with him. He's with you too, amen. He has not left our side today. He's not left us today. He is with us. The Bible tells us that God is omnipresent, amen. He is everywhere. David recognized that in the Psalms where he wrote, where can I escape your spirit? David said, where can I go that your spirit isn't? Amen. Where can I flee from your presence? God is still with us. Amen. He hasn't left us. Amen. He hasn't gone somewhere. He's not taking a break. Amen. Jesus promised us he would be with us until the end of age. Amen. He would always be with us. Hear this. God is always with us. And we quote that all the time, but it's not just a saying. It's a fact. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Amen. 
Say that to yourself just right quick. Say that to yourself, but make it personal. Amen. Make it personal today. Say, God will not leave me nor forsake me. Amen. Can you say that to yourself? God will not leave me nor forsake me. Amen. God will not leave me nor forsake me. Amen. You can't escape the presence of God. You can't hide from the presence of God. The presence of God is still with you today. Amen. He has not left you today. Amen. But sometimes, just like Elisha's servant, we have a hard time seeing God's presence. We have a hard time seeing Him. That's why we don't always recognize the presence of God. So how do we do that? How do we recognize the presence of God? Is that something you can work on? It is. I think it is. I think you can work on recognizing the presence of God, right? I don't think you can either sense the presence of God or you can't, and that's it. I think it's something that you can work on. right? I think it's something that we should work on. So how do we do that? The first thing is we pray, just as Elisha prayed for his servant. Amen? We too should pray, God, open the eyes of my heart. Help me see your presence. Amen. Help me see you, God. Help me to see you in this situation today. Amen. And help me to take a step forward in you. Amen. God, help me to be able to partner with you in this situation. Amen. Because God's still working in his circumstances. Amen. Pray, God, help me to partner with you in this circumstance. Amen. Help me to partner with you in this situation. Help me. Help me to be your hands and feet. Amen. Next, we should worship. First, we should pray. Next, we should worship. For me, whenever I'm worried, whenever I'm fearful, whenever I'm panic-stricken or whatever it is, I can't, whenever I can't see God in a situation I'm going through, I always turn my worship music on. Amen. I always put my headphones in. I always turn my worship music on, and I begin to worship God. And I can tell you from experience, God will not deny you His presence if you worship Him. He will not. If you worship Him, He will not deny you His presence. You will feel His presence if you begin to worship Him. When we worship God, we feel God. Next, we get in His Word. We pray, we worship, we get in His Word. Amen. We see God through His Word. As we read the Bible, we will see God more clearly. Our focus begins to come in. Our vision begins to clear. Don't say, I can't see God. Don't say, I can't feel God if you aren't praying if you aren't worshiping, if you aren't reading your Bible. Amen. Don't say, I can't feel God if you aren't practicing His presence. Amen. If you want to feel God, if you want to know God's near you, begin to worship, begin to pray, begin to, begin to uh, read His Word. A lot of times we know that God's there. He just seems to be out of focus. Amen. He just seems to be out of, out of focus. As I said, it's amazing how in just a few months the year of focus and vision has become the year of, is God there? Amen. It became the year of, where's God at in this situation? Amen. Does God care? Right? God hasn't changed. Only our circumstances and situation have changed. So we must refocus. We've got to tune in those lenses of faith, if you will. How do we do that? It's simple. We've got to get back to the basics. Amen. Nate used to sing that song all the time, and I, I wish I could get him to sing it tonight, but that's too late, and, and Noel's got a, a pretty song for us to sing in a minute. But uh, get back to the basics, amen? Pray, worship, and study. Get back to the basics. The next unseen thing we see in this story, and we also miss in our everyday walk, is God's protection. God's presence and God's protection. See, it was easy to see God's protection when the servant's eyes were unveiled, but before that, he couldn't see. Amen. And it's the same with us. The Bible tells us the angel of the Lord encamps about those who fear him and delivers them. And that's just what Elisha's servant saw when he peered out the window. And God lifted the veil between heaven and earth. Right? 
and it allowed him to see the army, see an army of angels riding, the Bible says, fiery chariots encamped around the unwitting enemy army. Jesus also mentions this uh, massive angel army when Peter draws a sword to, pre to prevent the soldiers from arresting him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus rebukes Peter saying, don't you realize that I could ask my father for 12 legions of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? That's a lot of angels. That's about, I think, like 7,000 angels or more. And I'm sure somebody will put on Facebook what it is. <laughs> but that's like, I think it's 5,000 per, uh, per legion. So that's a lot of angels, amen, right? But he didn't need their protection because he knew it was God's will for him to go to that cross. So very often we do need protecting, right? Jesus didn't need protecting, but very often we do need protecting. Especially in chaotic times like this, we need to see God's angel armies surrounding us. We need to see God's angel armies protecting us, right? We need to know that God is mightier than the enemy we face, right? The problem is that we as humans, we want to see God's protection as some kind of magic force field. That's how we want to see God's protection. as some kind of magic force field that keeps us from all harm, that keeps us from getting sick, that keeps our families safe, right? And God, He can do that. He can't prevent any evil. He can't prevent disaster, right? But we've got to remember one thing. We live in a fallen world, right? We live in a fallen world, and we have free will, right? We must understand that God didn't cause this virus. Amen. God wasn't in a market in China. Right? Well, he was there, right? But he's not the one that caused this virus. Amen. Man caused this virus, okay? That doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that he's some kind, somehow apathetic to us. Right? It doesn't mean that he's unconcerned with what's going on in the world. Right? Many times God works in ways that we just don't understand. Sometimes God's protection comes in the form of peace and strength when all this stuff is going on, right? Oftentimes, God protection comes in an ending, right, that, that we didn't see coming, right? See, God, I always say that God's at the end, but he's still working things out in the middle. So he knows what's coming that we don't see, okay? He sees the end, okay? So sometimes he is protecting us, right? Sometimes he's protecting us from something else that we don't know is coming. I was telling Mark before this started, and I'm going to get a lot of texts, and I'm going to get a lot of phone calls. I ask you to please call Mark first. <laughs> please call Mark. If you, Kevin, if you could put his number up there. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, but you can call me. That's fine. Right? I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people aren't surviving this virus, and it's awful, and I don't want to make light of it. I don't want to, you know, act as if this virus is nothing, okay? This virus is terrible, and I pray against it every day. I pray. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ against this virus every day, right? right? But it's, when it's our time to go, it's our time to go. Amen. There's nothing, that, there's nothing that's going to stop it, okay? When it's our time to go, it's our time to go. I was talking with a friend of mine, and I won't call his name to, you know, protect him, amen, because you guys know him, right? But I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he said something that made a lot of sense. See, all we see is the numbers of these people that are dying every day from this virus, but never, nobody's really showing if the overall deaths are going up, right? Has the overall percentage of deaths changed? Nobody's showing that, right? What I mean by that is there's not as many people driving, so there's not as many car accidents, amen, right? So when it's our time to go, it's our time to go, amen? When, when it's our time to go, we will go, but until then, we are living under God's grace and protection, amen? We are living under God's grace and mercy, all right? Often throughout the Old Testament, God is compared to a strong tower or a mighty fortress, amen? 
when the Israelites took refuge from within Solomon's fortress or the Tower of David, if you will, their enemies didn't just pack up and go home, right? Whenever the, the children of Israel would go up into these fortresses or get behind these walls, that didn't mean that the enemy would go home, right? They still had to fight the battle, but they fought it from within the fortress, okay? They fought it from within the fortress, and they had the advantage. Rather than being an easy target out in the open, they could fight from behind these mighty walls. Additionally, they could climb up on these mighty walls and they could get a better perspective. Amen. They could get a better vantage point, if you will. God does the same thing for us. When we turn to God in times of troubles, our problems don't go away, but we can face those problems from a different position. Amen. We can face those problems from a position of strength today, right? And we can see them from God's perspective. As a child of God, you can rest, rest assured today knowing that no matter what trouble you face, God is your shelter. He is your strong tower. He is your protector. Amen? He is your protector. So now we can see God's presence. We can see God's protection. The last thing I want to talk today about is God's plan. If you uh, go back and you read 2 Kings 6, and as it begins to unfold, one thing becomes more and more obvious is that God has a plan. Amen? God has, God has a plan. And when we can't understand things that are going on around us, we can understand that God still has a plan. The plan has not changed, amen? Plan, plans are funny things, right? Most of the time when we as human beings, when we make plans, we aren't really the one who controls their outcomes, amen? We make plans all the time. I had a friend of mine to, tell me something. He was actually, uh, he, he put in for a half a vacation day, and uh, we had a, a tornado come through, come through work, and they put us all into the uh, hallway there, and he was supposed to be at a funeral, and uh, he was supposed to leave at 11 o'clock, and we were in the, in the hallway there. It's almost 12 o'clock, and he was running late, and I went up to him and, you know, apologized to him like I could control the weather, right? But, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I hope you don't miss this funeral. He said, look, God interrupts my plans all the time. Amen. All I do is make plans, and God interrupts them. And that's just the way life is. God interrupts our plans all the time. Sure, we, we can do our best, and we can try to make them happen, but... So much of our world and our lives are dictated by things that are out, outside of our control, right? Just when we think we've got life figured out, something always throws a little monkey wrench in there, right? right? Whether it's consequences of uh, something we've done or simply circumstances that are out of our side of our control, plans change, right? Plans change. And sometimes our plans totally disappear, just like they probably have now for most of us, right? Our plans totally disappear, Often the, reason, often the reason life doesn't go according to plan is that God has other plans, right? And His plans supersede our plans. Right? You may be saying today, so is this virus God's plan? And honestly, I don't know. Okay? I don't know. I don't know if this is God's plan, right? I don't know how to answer that question. But what I do know is that God can use it to achieve His plan. Amen? Right? God can still use this virus to achieve His plan, okay? We normally have around 120 people in our church services, right? On a special occasion like Easter, we can see up towards 150, 170 people, right? Sunday, as Mark said, almost 2,000 people watched the service. Amen. Don't, you can't tell me that God can't achieve His plan. Amen. You can't tell me that God can't achieve His plan. My family and I rode through town the night before Easter, Saturday night before Easter, and we saw 40, 50 crosses on people's porches. Amen. 40, 50 crosses. Lit up just like this one behind me. People unashamed of Jesus. Amen. Right? People turning back to God. 
God has a plan. God is achieving his plan. Right? God's plan has not been put on hold. God's plan has not stopped. Okay? God's work has not stopped. The, the kingdom of God is still advancing. Amen? And, 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 and I would be bold enough to say here that God's, there, there's greater stuff going on right now. There's more people being reached. There's revival. Amen? There's people seeing, seeing God. There's people seeing his presence. Right? There's people seeing his presence today. Amen? Right? There's people seeing his presence. So what the enemy meant for evil, God is using for our good. Amen. Right? What the enemy meant for evil, God is using for our good. And Noel's going to sing that in just a minute. I know you're excited now, right? Listen, our plans can be good, right? Everyone that knows me knows I am a plan guy, right? I love schedules. I love timelines, right? And I want to schedule. If it's, I want to schedule fun. Like if we're going to have fun, I want it to be scheduled, okay? Right, but I, I am a scheduled guy, right? And a lot, and my whole, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, sh schedules kind of focus, you know, me, and uh, schedules kind of uh, shape me, if you will, right? And uh, a lot of times, as I said, uh, my whole life is kind of shaped around plans, right? But a lot of times, when that is, you can get so focused on accomplishing that you lose sight of God, right? See, uh, I had to learn that, right? Uh, when I first come to this church and I started getting involved in the uh, production part of this or whatever it is or whatever you call this, you know, whenever it didn't start on time, that kind of stressed me out, right? That kind of really, really stressed me out. But now I'm like, whatever, you know what I mean? I've had to change a lot, if you will. I've had to change a lot, right? And I, uh, Because a lot of times I was so focused on the schedule. I was so focused on the timeline that I lost sight of what we were doing, right? So too often our lives are dedicated to serving our own agendas. The Bible says in Proverbs that a person who has plans in their heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. The best thing we can do when looking to the future and when life doesn't go according to plan is let God be God. Amen. 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 When life doesn't go as planned, just let God be God. Amen. Just let God's plan go, right? Align your life with his plans instead of trying to fit God into your plans. See, right now it feels to many of us like the world's going crazy. Amen. I hear it all day long, right? Well, not this week because I haven't been at work, but it just feels like the world's going crazy. This pandemic certainly was a part of my plan, right? It wasn't a part of your plan, right? And we may not be able to see how it fits into God's plan, but the truth is God is always in control and his plans are never defeated. That's right. Amen. When Elisha's servants looked out the window that day, he couldn't see God's presence. He couldn't see God's protection, and he definitely couldn't see how this worked into God's plans. All he saw was problems. All he saw was tribulations. All he saw was chaos, right? And because of that, he became scared, and he became panic-stricken. Anyone out there relate to that? Anyone out there afraid? Anyone out there panic-stricken today? Anyone out there have fear in their lives? Amen? Listen, I've said it many times. It's okay to be afraid. I don't want to downplay or flear because I think there's a, there's, a real, there's a real problem when Christians stand up and try to be holier than thou and start saying things like you shouldn't be afraid and you, know, you should trust God and you should trust God, right? But it's wrong for a Christian to lie, amen? And it's wrong for us to downplay real fear, right? Because it makes it look like it's something that's unattainable or unachievable. When somebody out in the world is afraid and they look at us and we're, we're acting like we're not afraid, they think, well, Jesus is unachievable. 
He's unattainable. Amen. So it's, it's important for us to be real. It's important for us to be the church, right? It's important for us to, to be real, though, right? Because it confuses people. It confuses the world, right, when they, when they uh, hear us say some things, but then they see us in the grocery store hide, uh, hoarding everything we can, amen? <laughs> right? That confuses people, right? When we say we're not afraid, but we're uh, buying up all the bullets, right, that we can get, and, you know, we're doing all these things, right, because it's obvious that we are afraid. So it's okay to say we are afraid. It's okay to say that we know fear. Okay, we do know fear, right? It's just not okay to let that fear control us. It's not okay to let that fear say that we don't trust God anymore. It's not okay to let that fear take God's presence from us, right? It's not okay to let that fear take us from seeing God because God's still working. It's not okay to let that fear take us from being the church. Amen? See, uh, a lot of churches and a lot of people, right, and a lot of Christians have uh, kind of let this stop us from being the church, have kind of let it stop us from advancing the kingdom of God. But we still have an obligation. Right. We still have a, uh, a duty, if you will, to be God's feet, to be God's hands, to be God's arms today, Amen. to be his hearts, Amen. to be his church. Amen. So it's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to stop trusting God today. I'm going to ask our worship band to come. Right, in this time of fear and chaos, right, in this time of turmoil and trouble, we need to learn to look not at the things we can see, amen, but the things that are unseen, amen. We need to see God's presence. We need to see God's protection. And then we need to trust that God still has a plan, amen. We need to pray that God will open our eyes and let us see Him, amen. And we need to pray that God will use us to help others see, amen. I want you to join with me in prayer and I want that to be your prayer today not only that you would see but that God would use you to help someone else see because there's a lot of people out there afraid today there's a lot of people out there searching today there's a lot of people out there who have lost hope today there's a lot of people out there who are in complete depression anxiety they're defeated but you have hope amen you know hope Amen. You know hope. You know the cure. Amen. It would be a shame if you kept it to yourself and not shared it today. So I ask you today to pray that God would open your eyes, but help you also help open someone else's eyes today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for your word today, dear God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity today, dear God, to be in your house, to be in your presence, God. Lord, to be in your protection today and to be a part of your plan today, dear God. Lord, I pray today, dear God, that you would open my eyes, God, and let me see you more, God, to let me see you in this situation, God, and not only see you, God, Lord, but also partner with you, God, to be your hands and feet, God, to the people that are hurting, to the people that are lost, God, to the people that are searching today, dear God. Help me, God. Help me, God, and open my eyes, God, Lord. I know I've been afraid, God. I know I've, Lord, I've uh, done things that I shouldn't have done, God. I've not trusted you, God. I've looked to the world instead of looking to you, God. Forgive me of that, God, but help me to look forward today, dear God. Lord, let me put that behind me today, dear God, Lord, and move forward in you today, dear God. Help me to see your presence in everything, God, in 
every situation, God. Help me to know that you're still working this plan out today, dear God. The plan has not changed, God. You're still working, God. Help me to see that. Help me to see that I'm still protected, God. Our church family is still protected. Help me to see that, God. Help your church to see that today, dear God. Help your church to be your church today, dear God. Hallelujah. Thank you for all you're doing, God. I know, God, that you have good thoughts and plans, God. You said in your word, God, that you are working all things together for your good, God. Lord, help us to see that, God. Help us to see that, God. Lord, I praise you, God, and I thank you for all you're doing, God, because I know you're working all things together, God. Lord, I ask you to bless our church family today, dear God. Lord, I ask you to open their eyes and let them see you today, dear God. In your precious name, amen. Amen.